Welcome to Curious Psalms, a podcast where we practice reading and praying this wonderful prayer book of God's people. I'm your host, Matt, and to talk about Psalm 68, I'm always happy to welcome back Rachel Timms. In this episode, we talk about the gusto of this lengthier psalm, the triumph and the confidence that runs all throughout it. We talk about the beauty of who God is bringing into his procession, the cosmic king who leads out the prisoners. And finally, we discuss some ways that this invites us into collective experience together as a psalm. So there's lots in this conversation. It was a delight to have it. To get us started, here's Rachel reading Psalm 68. May God arise, may his enemies be scattered, may his foes flee before him. May you blow them away like smoke, as wax melts before the fire. May the wicked perish before God. But may the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. Sing to God, sing in praise of his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds. Rejoice before him, his name is the Lord. A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. But the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. When you, God, went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth shook, the heavens poured down rain. Before God, the one of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel. You gave abundant showers, O God. You refreshed your weary inheritance. Your people settled in it, and from your bounty, God, you provided for the poor. The Lord announces the word, and the women who proclaim it are a mighty throng. Kings and armies flee in haste. The women at home divide the plunder. Even while you sleep among the sheep pens, the wings of my dove are sheathed with silver, its feathers with shining gold. When the Almighty scattered the kings in the land, it was like snow fallen on Mount Zaman. Mount Bashan, a majestic mountain. Mount Bashan, rugged mountain. Why gaze in envy, you rugged mountain, at the mountain where God chooses to reign, where the Lord himself will dwell forever? The chariots of God are tens of thousands and thousands of thousands. The Lord has come from Sinai into his sanctuary. When you ascended on high, you took many captives. You received gifts from people, even from the rebellious, that you, Lord God, might dwell there. Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. Our God is a God who saves. From the sovereign Lord comes escape from death. Surely God will crush the heads of his enemies, the hairy crowns of those who go on in their sins. The Lord says, I will bring them from Bashan. I will bring them from the depths of the sea, that your feet may wade in the blood of your foes, while the tongue of your dogs have their share. Your procession, God, has come into view, the procession of my God and King into the sanctuary. In front are the singers, after them the musicians. With them are the young women playing the timbrels. Praise God and the great congregation. Praise the Lord and the assembly of Israel. There is a little tribe of Benjamin leading them. There are the great throng of Judah's princes. And there are the princes of Zebulun and Naphtali. Summon your power, God. Show us your strength, our God, as you have done before. Because of your temple at Jerusalem, kings will bring you gifts. Rebuke the beast among the reeds and the herds of bulls among the calves of the nation. Humbled may the beast bring bars of silver, scatter the nations who delight in war. Envoys will come from Egypt. Cush will submit herself to God. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. Sing praise to the Lord, to him who rides across the highest heavens, the ancient heavens, who thunders with a mighty voice. 
Proclaim the power of God, whose majesty is over Israel, whose power is in the heavens. You, God, are awesome in your sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. Praise be to God. Rachel, welcome back to Curious Psalms. Oh, thank you. It's nice to be back. That is kind of you to say, because I think I've said this before. I sometimes come to you as a little bit of a ripcord in case of emergency. I need a guest. I mean, I always like you as a guest, but I always have you in the back of my mind that I can return to you when I sort of am in need of a scheduling help. And when there's a really long psalm. Well, in this case, I did not realize that. But here we are. So we better just dive in. Rachel, what stood out to you in reading this psalm? Which you did beautifully, by the way. Thank you. What stood out to me? It stood out to me how much of an image of like a tribe walking, which I guess is what this would be, presumably. Maybe not. I guess it doesn't say it's a psalm of ascent or anything like that. But that is what I picture in my mind is like this group of people walking and like this very unified group like they're all exalting god together they are they just feel like they're unified they're like on the same page like i just get this like image of a tribe in a very like significant way yeah tell me more like what is there a particular line or is it just kind of the overall feel of the psalm that points you that way i'm curious i don't know i feel like it's just more the overall like confidence or like Mm. gusto in which the psalm is like (laughs) written like it just feels like wow there's like a whole group of people and i mean there's all there's use of the like like it's all we right like there's not you don't it doesn't Mm. feel like there's singled out like a writer or speaker so it feels like this collective experience that they've all had yeah of like god leading them out and scattering their enemies and so it feels like yeah a very much a shared experience and then everyone is kind of talking about and this is how like they all feel yeah no i i think that's definitely i mean it's very clearly in here i was reading one person who was suggesting that maybe this was penned for when david brought the ark up to jerusalem and sort of they recite what God did in the Exodus, and then there's sort of the celebration of Jerusalem, God's city. There's nothing explicit here that necessarily says that, but that really resonates with what you're yeah, saying, right? This kind of celebrating procession. I I was struck you used the word gusto and confidence, which was very much in line. I I just noted the resounding note of triumph. Mm. It's such a triumphant psalm. There's abundant showers as God marches before his people. You have sort of the riches of God and kings defeated. You have the parade or procession, literally, with singers and musicians and God himself. There was such a triumph. And then one of my notes was that the triumph then is clearly giving confidence to God's people. I was also struck, though, in verse 28, this little prayer, sort of the, the tone is triumphant throughout, but there's this little prayer in verse 28, summon your power, God, show us your strength, our God, as you have done before, mm. which it doesn't go very far into that, really. It kind of goes on in celebration. But I did think, you know, that line is just a reminder that not all times are triumphant. 
you know, and not all times are full of celebration. In other words, you can imagine the people maybe centuries later singing this and thinking we we believe all these things are true and yet we need you to show us your power as you have before so mostly mostly overwhelming notes of triumph but then these little moments of prayer even where it talks about god bearing the burdens and maybe we'll circle back to that later but you know just the acknowledgement there are still burdens right even in the midst of the triumphant procession yeah there's not a lot of a lot of it is descriptive but that is like one of the few requests in the psalm oh yeah of god i hadn't necessarily made that connection but yeah right there's not a lot of entreaties or prayers as we think of them in that sense here huh shall we move on to our second question sure if you remind me what it is yeah i will what do we learn about god or how do we encounter god in this psalm well i think that you get obviously the sense that god is worthy of praise and recognition Mm. i mean the whole psalm especially the beginning is just yeah like this descriptor of all that god has done very specific in terms of the people that he cares for oh yeah like verse five father of the fatherless protector of widows leads out the prisoners to prosperity i found that really striking yeah like that specific call out of these are the type of people that like god is leading in this charge Mm -hmm. which i mean obviously lines up very nicely with what jesus will come to preach about the most vulnerable and so find that yeah really interesting and the one other thing that stood out to me was in verse 30 the line he scatters the people who delight in war i find that a very interesting just characteristic of god that he is someone who does not enjoy war or people who revel in it yeah which it's a lot of people like what <laughs> whatever kind of war you're you know could put into that but i think as humans mm. like our nature is to war with each other a little bit and to enjoy winning and being victorious and so even in a psalm about triumph and victory god saying like hey hey like mm. we shouldn't revel in conflict and being against each other like that's not what i'm about yeah, there's even, just building on that, there's this line, surely God will crush the heads of his enemies. This is in verse 21. The hairy crowns of those who go on in their sins, which, which is hairy crowns is an very interesting. Very gross description. <laughs> I think it just means their heads. But I was reading someone who said, the significance of them going on in their sins is really important because mm. this is not sort of a colonial conquest. This is judgment mm. and justice rendered correctly. Yeah. And the idea, I love what you pointed out, earlier in the psalm in verse six the people who he's leading are not sort of the soldiers or the mercenaries they're the prisoners yeah uh the lonely (laughs) these are the people that are in god's procession i i was struck going back to i think i mentioned this earlier in verse 19 this line praise be to the lord to god our savior who daily bears our burdens this is really in some ways sort of a climactic god as cosmic king psalm in so many ways here's the one who is ruling he is leading the parade so to speak he's conquered anyone who's come against him he scatters those who delight in war and yet he also daily bears our burdens which is consistent with the god who we see in the old testament that's not new this god is the one who heard the cry of his people when they're in egypt but it is i think always worth pausing and just remarking 
that God who has no need to bear our burdens chooses to bear our burdens. And like you were saying, this finds great fulfillment in Jesus, ultimately, who bears the burden of our sin and sort of there's fulfillment all throughout this psalm, I think, or kind of a projection forward towards Jesus, certainly, that you can see. But I, th- I just think that's remarkable, mm. that that's part of who God is. He daily bears our burdens, not just like occasionally checks in, but is constantly walking alongside us. Well, maybe that segues us nicely to the third question, which is, how does this psalm help us to pray? Yeah, I mean, I found myself reading it being a little like envious of kind of this Mm. like collective like experience i feel like it's very easy we just as a human world i feel like are so fractured and kind of feel that and so like to read something where it felt like this like joyful triumphant like shared experience i was like man what is that what does that feel like Mm. (laughs) like it's been a while since i feel like we've felt that or I felt that in a particular way and so I do think it's just a reminder like as you're kind of reading it you're like oh right this is the God that like I serve and I want to remember that even if I don't feel it on a collective level like there are ways in which God is doing this work and so uh, just a reminder to pay attention to that i think Hmm. if that makes sense yeah like are you saying or maybe just trying to mirror back what you're saying like even when the triumph isn't collective yeah necessarily this god remains this this person yeah and to look for the places where maybe it it is collective Mm. but is less obvious or you know like a baby being born is like amazing collect like that's a miracle right like that's a collective like wow there is a human in the world who was not there before Mm -hmm. like things like that i think you just forget are this collective experience and so it's good to just remember that as well yeah even in the midst of like lots of turmoil yeah totally it makes me think of i mean (laughs) this is (laughs) this is a classic pastor maybe but the value of sunday worship is one of these moments that gives us and of course it can be tainted in a million ways by human people leading and interfering and bringing all the stuff that they bring to worship but it is sort of in its richest and best a collective moment of celebrating god's triumphs right and admittedly we all access that in different ways into different depths on any given kind of sunday or at any given service but one of its values, I think, is trying to root the kind of confidence in who God is more deeply within us. Yeah, definitely. I think I had the image, too, when I was thinking, like, when when do I experience this, like, of standing in worship on Sunday mm. and listening to worship, specifically, like, the music, I think, as you kind of all share these, like, similar words in song. It is, Yeah still complicated but it is a unique experience in which you're kind of laying aside because i'm sure i mean if you were to like go back (laughs) thousands of years all the people saying this song i'm sure had very different opinions about lots of things too so you know but there is something about saying the words and especially reflecting on god's character and not so much about us and what we're doing yeah and 
right or wrong, all the things that we do, but to remember who God is. Yeah. It's important. Yeah, that's so good. I mean, my, my little note on this question was just, you know, sometimes I look at big things, sometimes I look at little things, and there was a little thing that stood out to me, and that is this movement from praying from who God is to what we hope God does. Mm. So I saw it a couple times. It, this is in verse 6. The psalm describes God as a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. So it starts with something about who God is. This is deep characteristic. Then God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. Or praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior. This is verse 19 again. So who God is, he's God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens, what he does. And I can think of my own pattern of prayer. It's very easy to start with what I want God to do. (laughs) And frankly, like never really necessarily reflect on who God is or to like bring that back. But I think when those are paired together, it helps in two ways. I think one, it helps my prayers be more in line with what God himself may desire. Right. So I was, I was thinking one example of this, if I'm just like, God, please give me a Tesla. If I actually take the time to think, well, what would that reflect about who God is? It's like, well, because God is rich, because God, like, (laughs) you know, that it might be that that prayer is not quite the right prayer for me to pray. Not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a Tesla. I'm just expressing one of my own coveting desires. But if I start with who God is, then suddenly it helps shape my prayers. But the other, the other thing is it is then a source of confidence. Right. So if God puts the lonely in families, and I think, God, you are you are a God of relationship and friendship. Would you bring me a close friend? It's like that suddenly the prayer has been shaped. And it's like, okay, if this is truly who God is, if God is truly a God of a community of people, then this is a desire of his for me. And I can pray for this with confidence that he will respond in some way. So I just thought that pairing that I saw in this psalm, it was just kind of like kind of practically helpful almost as a check on my own prayers. And then also as kind of a helpful way into what prayer, what prayers merit confidence and which ones should I mm. kind of let go by the wayside? What do you think? Yeah, no, I think that's really beautiful. We have a two-year-old son. Yeah. You and I. We do. <laughs> Rachel is my wife. I guess I, I don't know that I've said that. And, you, you know, you start thinking about the ways that you want to teach or model a faith for yeah. a kid. And one of the things I've read recently is the importance of teaching your kids who God is, specifically before, like, teaching them to be obedient to God. Um, mm. Because, like, who wants to be obedient to someone they don't know? And so I think what you're saying and what the psalm is saying yeah. is a very, like, yeah, like, I would want to teach Oliver, like, that these, like, this is a God worth serving. And, like, shouldn't we start there on God's character? And then so much can flow out of that. So it's a good reminder for adults and as parents. Wow. Yeah, that's a beautiful note to end on. So let's wrap our conversation here. Thanks, Rachel, for joining me and sharing some of your reflections and wisdom. Always a pleasure. (laughs) Well, let's conclude with verses 19 and 20. One more time. Praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. Our God is a God who saves. From the sovereign Lord comes escape from death. 
Friends, go out and pray the Psalms.